Yeah, hello and welcome back to the Fry Guys podcast. I have Alexis today in my podcast. Hi, Alexis, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Renata. Yeah, thank you for joining me today. And um, Alexis, for those who don't know you, can you please introduce yourself? Absolutely. So I'm a certified holistic health coach for women, and I specialize in hormonal, digestive, and mental balancing. Um, and my sort of uh, sweet spot is mind-body healing, which I'm sure we'll talk about more later. But within the framework of mind-body healing is, is how I do everything. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Yeah, we're going to dive deeper into this topic later on. Um, but before that, um, I always start with my, uh, my podcast actually with the story of the person because I think it's so important that you actually know in a way who you actually have in the podcast. And so let's maybe go back 15 years. How did your life look like back then? So 15 years ago, I was pretty, I was pretty young. Um, and I didn't really start to see health issues um, until I was uh, probably about 18, which is about 12, 13 years ago. Um, and so I was, uh, it was my final year in high school and I got what we call in Australia glandular fever or in the States we call mononucleosis. And I had a pretty gnarly bout of that, um, which put me on my bum and, and I was home for about two months and it was really, really challenging. It, it brought on some depression because I, I couldn't really eat. I couldn't really do anything. Couldn't get out of bed, had a pretty hectic out of that um and then about nine months later which is pretty unheard of as far as i know i would i had it again so i went back to the doctors about nine months later and i said something's not right i think it's mono or glandular fever again um i you know i don't know what to do and they were prescribing me a lot of uh, antibiotics which if you know about viruses you cannot treat a virus with an antibiotic so I had gone on about four to five different antibiotics plus steroids and you know other, other medications to try to deal with this glandular fever mononucleosis situation. None of the doctors were believing me. I kept saying, you know, it's a virus, it's a virus, it's a virus. And they kept giving me antibiotics and antibiotics and they were, I was getting worse and worse and worse. Um, for me, this is important because I, I ended up later in life having really severe gut issues. And I believe that those were tied into um, the fact that I was I had so many antibiotics because of this and um, this mm. incident. And um, after, I don't know, you know, maybe a month and a half or a month, who knows anymore, I finally got them to, you know, I, I got to a specialist who was like, you know, this is not bacterial, this is a virus. We need to remove uh, your tonsils. There is a crazy amount of infection on your tonsils. I could barely walk. I remember I could barely walk up the steps of the doctor's office. My, my dad at the time had dropped me off because he needed to find a parking space and we were running late. So I started walking up the stairs and I was so weak from the illness and then also the antibiotics, which were just completely destroying my gut uh, that I couldn't walk up the steps. And my dad kind of found me collapsed on the floor. And then I went into the specialist and he was a wonderful doctor. He ended up helping me out and I had surgery. Um, and then that surgery that I had about uh, maybe 
five months after the second bout of this glandular fever ended up putting me into a really bad depression my first year of university um and i was pretty depressed for about six to nine months uh that was when i first experienced depression and then uh antidepressants uh it was about 19. and um and then from there it's just been a really long journey of uh, coming back to myself, coming back to my homeostasis, you know, that was a long time ago, but I, you know, I had severe chronic illness about four years ago as well. And that's what then launched me into, you know, starting a practice myself and working with women in the way that I believed they needed to be worked with that I wished somebody had worked with me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we can talk, there's a lot of things that had happened between 18 and now I'm 30. So, you know, whichever direction you want to go, but that's really where it started. That's where the chronic illness started. And then, you know, from that place, I had developed kidney problems and kidney infection and chronic urinary tract infections and then severe gut problems. And so it was kind of a never ending thing. And then about uh, four years ago, it really hit me. It took me down for the count and I just couldn't keep pushing forward. And that's kind of when the deep, deep, deep uh healing and awakening happens wow thank you so much for sharing and um, it's crazy first of all yeah that we just get pre-descripted like all these antibiotics <laughs> and i actually also believe that a lot of problems actually start with that and um, because we actually don't really treat the problem in a way so if you go back um so what do you think caused your chronic illness like do you think there was actually you know like something else behind it in a way yeah i mean the work that i do now in mind body healing is all based on the fact that things the physical symptom the physical manifestation is really rooted in an, in an emotion in an emotional dysfunction um, and now there's a lot more evidence and research to show and to prove that that it isn't just all in your head and it isn't just woo woo voodoo spiritual you know and and so uh when i look back i mean and that was the first experience my first kind of initiation into chronic problems um you know, I know that it had a lot to do with family dynamics. It had a lot to do with a sense of powerlessness that I had over my situation. It had a lot to do with feeling unsafe emotionally. It had a lot to do with unworthiness, had a lot to do with feeling, you know, unloved or, or um, not cared for, not getting enough attention, you know, all of those things that as a young kid and as a teenager, you don't really know how to articulate. And then they just appear as these physical things. And one of the big things that I've learned after you know years of studying is that your kidneys, in particular, when they're imbalanced, they you know the the energy of them is fear, or the emotion that comes up when they're imbalanced is fear. Um, and so I had so many kidney problems, and I, you know I I mentioned kidney infection, I had kidney stones, I had chronic urinary tract infections, which are connected to the kidneys and the bladder. So, you know, after studying Chinese medicine a little bit and, and dabbling with Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and nutrition, I started to learn how all of these things are really um, crucial. And that while I absolutely think that the antibiotics contributed to an already very precarious and very vulnerable situation it was almost like that was the tipping point to push me over but you know what was 
it was a rooted in an emotional dysfunction that then, you know, was tipped over by chronic use of antibiotics that I pretty much started when I was probably 18 and then continued on antibiotics for kidney problems and urinary tract problems and all these other things for, I would say, uh, 18, 19, 20, 20, like maybe five years or six years. And, and then when I was about 24, 25, that's when I really started to go like, okay, I need to change something here. Um, I had a really profound sort of spiritual awakening, traveling around Thailand by myself, with a girlfriend. And um, I knew that I didn't want to go back to the life that I was living, drinking a lot of alcohol, partying, eating really unhealthy, doing these crazy diets and cleanses just to lose weight, like, you know, all the crazy shit that you do when you're young. And, um, and then I started to take care of myself in a more holistic way. I was still definitely learning what that even meant, but I knew that there must be another way. And I slowly started to stop just reaching for antibiotics or medications to fix something and rather look deeper and find other alternative ways to start treating myself. And then um, I had, you know, there was probably like a year or two that I was pretty, pretty good between like maybe 25 and 26. And then, um, around 26, I started to have a lot more problems again. And, um, and then I went through a really deep, uh, experience with chronic gut problems, um, and adrenal problems and then depression and thyroid hypothyroidism. And so it's been quite a journey. Wow. Yeah. I, well, when I just listen to that, I'm just like, well, I don't even know what to say because you, you had like so many things kind of going on in your life with like chronic illnesses and they kind of still kind of kept on coming back. So you said that four years ago, um, there was like a turning point in your life where you really start to heal. So how did it come to this moment? Um, well, I should say that about four years ago is when I hit a rock bottom. Um, it was me really trying to, like I had, I would say, like I said, around 25, 24, 25, I started living a lot more holistically and drinking less and taking care of myself. That's when I first was kind of initiated into the work, into wellness and health work. I was working for a fitness company when I was 24. Um, I had just transitioned out of my old career into a new career. And um, I was really, because I was in that world all the time and I was working for somebody who was very physically healthy, I learned a lot about supplements and I learned a lot about eating differently. And, you know, my parents have always been very nutritionally involved. Like, They've, they've both been working in health for a very long time. Um, and maybe that's why I was so originally adverse to it is that when you grow up in it, sometimes you like, you want to rebel and go the opposite way. You know, they definitely weren't like pill pushers or, you know, trying to always look for uh, medications for me to go on. And I remember them saying to me sometimes like, you know, you don't necessarily need to take ibuprofen or Advil or, you know, um, one of these painkillers, or you don't necessarily need to take antibiotics every time you have a sniffle or whatever. Um, but yeah, it took me quite a long time to get to a place where I could trust my body. And I, I was so, because of the original experience that I had with glandular fever at 18 and 19, that left such a lasting impression on me of being sick and being so, um, weak and vulnerable and alone and depressed that any time that I started to feel even a little bit sick in the future, 
later down my path, I would freak out. And so I would immediately go into like a panic if I had a sniffle or if I had um, <clears throat> a cough or, you know, whatever. And so I would reach for something that was the easy fix, which is why I know and can speak to women now because I understand what that life is like where you just want the easy button. Mm -hmm. um, I've been on the pill. I've been on antidepressants. I've been on antibiotics. I've taken multiple different types of medications. So I understand the sensation of wanting to choose those things. Um, but really it was my spiritual journey that brought me into a place of, of understanding the importance of really loving your body in a way that has nothing to do with your weight or your shape or any of that stuff, but like really nourishing yourself because particularly as women, we attach ourselves to a number on a scale or the shape of our body as being, if we're healthy or, you know, whatever. And that's definitely not true. And, um, and so my spiritual journey, I, I my, my journey with yoga, my journey with meditation really opened me to parts of myself that were stuck and that I needed to free and process and deal with and manage that were continuing to perpetuate the problems that I was having, whether it was um, gut problems or adrenal problems or kidney problems or urinary tract problems or, you know, whatever they were manifesting as, I started to really understand how my trauma and my, um, my emotional pain was not being dealt with. And that was really the cause of that. Um, the root of those bigger chronic illness issues. So when I hit a rock bottom around 26, I, you know, I really went into a bad place because I was so angry with my body because the two years leading up to that, I had cleaned up my diet. Um, I was so sober for uh, a long time before that and um, had given up all of these kind of addictions, so to speak, these things that we attach ourselves to, sugar and cigarettes and alcohol and partying and socializing and all these things. And I was angry because I thought I am one of the healthiest people that I know. I take such good care of myself. I meditate. I do yoga. I uh, eat healthy and organic. I, I was a vegetarian. I went vegetarian at one point. Um, and when I got sick was right kind of after when I got really, really, really sick in my twenties was right after um, I had seemingly shifted my life into this place that was really healthy, so to speak. And that really, you know, I had to journey through many months of that to get to a place of a deeper understanding that this isn't just physical and uh you have to allow you have to free these parts of yourself that these parts that are in the shadows and um and i really really for me the path to healing was loving myself as cheesy as it sounds loving myself no matter what the circumstances looked like no matter what I looked like if I was pale and thin because at one point I had lost a ton of weight I couldn't eat anything I couldn't keep anything down because my stomach was such a mess um you know big bags under my eyes horrible depression that was so crippling that it was hard to go out in public it was hard to talk to anybody it was hard to have a conversation um I lost a lot of friendships from my past um and really for me, the, the path to getting to the deeper healing that would inevitably lead me to uh, getting well and feeling healthy and radiant again was choosing every day to love myself. Even when I looked in the mirror and I was like, who are you? Who is this person that looks so sick 
you know, your body's so uh, weak and, you know, all the horrible things that you say to yourself, like you're weak, you're disgusting, you, you know, come on, pull yourself together, look at you, no one loves you, like all those things that we just perpetuate and perpetuate and perpetuate. So I had to get to a place of no matter what the picture looked like, choosing love. And that's, for me, the work that I do with women is exactly that. And you can be taking all the right supplements. You can be taking all, you can be eating the right food. You can be exercising, um, you know, all every day, all day, but none of it matters if you don't really and truly make a commitment to love yourself unconditionally, because you'll never really be able to heal. You'll just continue to put a bandaid on it. And then that emotional imbalance will keep coming up in different areas like it did for me. Um, it's like whack-a-mole. You, you, you whack it one place and then it pops up in another. And ultimately that's just curing. You're not really healing and removing the root problem. And, um, and that's, you know, that's the dirty work. That's the work that nobody really wants to do. They want you to give them a meal plan or give them an exercise plan or give them a pill and for it to be done. And the truth is it can be done until you can get to that place. Yeah, it's not working like this. Definitely not. Like we all think uh, there's like a, you know, like a magic pill for everything, basically. And it can fix everything. Like even anxiety, you know, people take things against anxiety. And I just think, I don't think that's really the right, right way to go, to be honest, because you're actually not treating yet yeah, the root, how you said it, because that's actually... Yeah, it's, it's mostly caused by, um, yes, yeah, so, um, suppressed emotions. And I think that's like so uh, interesting uh, what you also said that we can do all the work, you know, we can, you know, work out, um, we can eat healthy, but it all really doesn't matter because if you're not really feeling well inside yourself and you can't accept how you are and you can't love yourself how you are, um, yeah, there will be probably no way that, you know, you will be really truly healthy in a way like, you know, like mentally, emotionally, like all these different parts. How do you approach chronic illness? Do you think it is really possible to heal from chronic illness? I do. Um, and I know that not everybody's comfortable with that statement but I, I do believe that it's possible to heal anything um i think you know if we had learned from a young age that we were the creator of our life for better and for worse that we would all have a very different programming around how to take care of ourselves and like i said earlier my measurement of health prior to all of this happening was am i thin Am I muscular? Um, you know, my sister had an eating disorder growing up. My mom was very, you know, I would say probably had an eating disorder as well. She was more on the orthorexic side, which is when you are like become obsessed over your food being so healthy that you can't eat anything that's not, you know, perfect quality. And it literally becomes an obsession. So I was around eating disorders my whole life. Um, I never had an actual eating disorder, but I think I went the opposite way and was doing a lot of emotional eating as a kid and as a teen and as a young adult. So my measurement for health was always like, okay, be thin and be muscular and be fit and work out all the time and eat salads and, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and that's not a measurement of health. So you can be 
you know, a, a full figured woman or a heavier woman and be much more metabolically healthy than the woman who's thin and, and fit. Um, it has nothing to do with that. And a, and, a lot, and a lot of us as women focus solely on that component. Um, and really, I also talk a lot about that, you know, you can be, you, you, people think you have to lose weight to be healthy. And really, it's, you have to be healthy to lose weight. Your, your body needs to be function, functioning properly in order to lose weight. Um, so we need to get that metabolic function in a place that it's really optimized. And, you know, I also believe that if you're not willing to turn over the rocks, if you're not willing to look in the shadows, then you're not really interested in healing because that is the only way. And occasionally I work with someone who, you know, just doesn't want to go there, just doesn't want to go to those places um, and acknowledge certain things. And really, I have to tell women right out of the gate, if they want to work with me, you need to know that in order for us to achieve what you're looking to achieve, you're going to have to be radically uncomfortable. And, um, and you're going to have to face your demons because they're the only things that ultimately can help you heal. And we hide from them and we run away from them and we bury them very, very deeply. And that we think that because we do that, they lose power over us. But in fact, they grow in power. And this is really where the mind-body connection is so important because whatever beliefs you hold, whatever thoughts are on repeat, they are living in your body. They are in your organs. They are in your cells. They are in your blood. There is no separation. Your mind lives in your body. And when I say that, I literally mean every part of your body, your liver, your pancreas, your bones, your eyes, right? And, um, and so if you, you know, if you want to heal something, like I was healing things that technically people said, you know, you can't, you can't reverse hypothyroidism or you can't reverse this or reverse that, but you can. Um, you just have to be willing to do whatever it takes to do that. And I find that sometimes even the sickest women who you think would be the most desperate to change don't really want to. They don't, they feel more comfortable in what they know, which is their life as a sick woman than what they don't know, which is their life as a well woman. And I can relate to that because once you've been sick for a long time, you start to forget what it's like to be in a healthy state, to feel well, to feel radiant and, and to thrive. And also many of us who have uh, <laughs> created this imbalance of chronic illness have done it subconsciously to receive love. And this is a very confronting realization to have. And I can say that because I've had it myself that, you know, even though I was saying, I don't want to be sick, I don't want to be sick, I don't want to be sick. There was parts of me subconsciously that wanted to be sick because, it, you know, she felt like the only way she could receive love and attention and support is if she was under the weather, if she was unwell. And when I trace that, that thought back, that concept back 12, 13 years to when I started to have problems, I know that's exactly what happened because as soon as I wasn't well was when I got attention, when I got love, when I got extra support and extra care to kind of like make up for the deficit. Um, so, you know, that's, a, that's something, that's one of the many concepts that not everybody wants to face. They don't want to face that they're the one keeping themselves sick. And, um, you know, I can speak about this because I lived it and I'm comfortable with the fact that, you know, we, we do these things because it's not a conscious choice. We're not trying necessarily to hurt ourselves and keep ourselves sick, 
But if there's a need that's not being met, that's a very core need, like love and attention and care, then our subconscious is going to figure out a way to get that need met, even if it's in this really dysfunctional kind of dark and disturbed way. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And then it just gets manifests, manifested in your reality, but just like for an illness, really. And yeah, I think it is quite confront confronting because um, I think a lot of people don't really want to take responsibility in a way too. you know, they're like, Oh no, that's yeah. No. Um, you know, life is against me. And they rather stay in like this victim mode and uh, think that, you know, life is just happening to them and they, they don't, yeah, they don't have to do anything for it. But um, so what do you think is kind of the first step towards a healthier living, a healthy, a healthier you? That's a loaded question. Um, do, are you speaking specifically in regards to chronic illness or, or just in general? Um, yeah, you can um, say chronic illness. Yeah, healing, the healing path maybe as well. Um, well, you actually hit the nail on the head in your last message or comment, which is there's a lack of self-responsibility. And when you've got, when you are not taking responsibility for your own well-being in your own life, all of it, right? Not the parts that are pretty, not the parts that are comfortable, not the parts that you accept, parts that you do not accept, parts that are ugly and hideous and unbearable and shameful. Until you can take responsibility for all of that, you really cannot live a truly fulfilled, whole, healthy, radiant life. So, you know, in essence, you've got to go to the depths of those dark spaces in order to shine really brightly. And, um, and a lot of my clients tell me that one of the best parts of their journey with me is that they remove or extract or release this victim mindset, like you said. Um, and that when you remove the victim mindset, which is part of my kind of special sauce as a, as a practitioner, it is incredible what you can do with your life. And I don't just mean in regards to health. I mean, the way that you let people treat you, um, the kind of abundance, the kind of love that you, that you um, cultivate and create or send off to the world, the kind of creativity that flows in you, it, you really kind of start to become a limitless being because you're no more, you're, you're you're not held back by this limited mindset anymore, which is like you said, life is happening to me and I'm a victim and I have no control. And I totally get it because I was in that mindset for a long time and I did not want to let go of that. Like that was, I identified so strongly with being a victim that I didn't want to let go of it. But in order to start to truly come into the kind of health that I'm referring to, which is, mind, body, spirit, wholeness, you have to take self-responsibility. And in everything that I talk about, you know, with my one-on-one -on -one clients, in my larger groups, in my workshops, in, on my social media page, a very big component or pillar or theme is self-responsibility. And because we've been indoctrinated into this society of just take a pill, just go see a doctor, just go put a bandaid on it, right? We are so used to seeking something outside of us that we don't even realize that what we're seeking and what we need is inside of us. And that's the beautiful part about becoming self-responsible is 
there's no one to blame anymore, right? And you have to be the one to hold yourself accountable. And when you do, the blessing of that is that you are uh, tapped into an infinite well of inner wisdom and guidance that can support you. And that doesn't mean that you don't work with practitioners, you don't work with doctors, but it means if you're constantly putting the responsibility outside of yourself, you're, you're basically telling your body every single time you do that, I'm weak and I don't know better and I don't know how to help myself and my body can't heal on its own, right? You just keep affirming that message into your cells over and over and over again. And so my intention, my goal with every woman is to, to completely extract that belief system that has been indoctrinated, that you need something outside of you. And even when I am giving her advice or support or guidance, I'm asking her in that process to tune into what she needs. How does her body feel? Where does she feel it? Uh, what feels good? What doesn't feel good? Um, you know, keeping logs and journals, um, logging symptoms. That's something that I did for a number of years while I was trying to find and piecemeal my healing together was constantly keep daily journals of like how food felt, how my skin looked. You know, uh, I didn't do as much emotional stuff in the beginning, which I wish I would have, but you know, you could do that as well. What's your emotional state? That's what I, I ask my clients to do in their journals after they eat or after they move, you know, how do you feel emotionally? And that is all telling your body, um, I'm responsible and I know that you know what to do. And I'm just going to gather all the evidence and all the tools that I need to help you. But I know at the end of the day that you're holding me down and you're going to make the ultimate healing and, um, and my desires, whatever they may be happen. I just need to put you in an environment with the tools that you need to make that happen versus, okay, I'm just going to go get a pill or I'm going to trust everything this doctor tells me and not question any of it. Um, you know, that's, that's not the path to awakening or healing or happiness or radiance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I think I can listen to you for hours. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you really put everything so well um, together. So imagine you could meet your younger self. What advice would you give her? Such a good question. Um, well, there's a lot of things that I think we'd all really like to tell our younger selves, but um, I think something that I, I wish I would have learned sooner was to be kinder and to myself and that kindness is so much more powerful when you're seeking to change than cruelty. And, um, you know, I think I've always been pretty brave as a, as a kid, as a teen, as a young adult. Um, I've always taken really big risks and, you know, that's always been really good. But I think I've always been very attached to what other people think about me. I think, you know, most of us are. Um, but I think I'd tell my younger self to trust herself and even when nobody you know believes you even when nobody understands you even when nobody can see and hear you and 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 really see and hear you just keep trusting yourself and 
Um, and that really never fails when you, you, you'll never be disappointed when you trust yourself. Um, because again, it's, it's a way of being a sovereign authority in your own life and not needing your parents or your partner or your friends to accept what's authentically you because I wore a lot of masks um, throughout my life to fit into a world that I never felt like I fit into. And I can remember being really young, 10, 11, 12, and, and, and thinking and journaling about how much I felt like I didn't fit into where I grew up, the country that I grew up in, the friends that I grew up with, you know, all of these things just felt foreign to me. And over time, you just adapt to your environment. And, um, and so it becomes very hard to tell who you are anymore because you've been wearing this costume and this mask for so long. Um, and I think that I would tell my younger self to trust the surrender of becoming who you are without knowing where that's going to lead you. And that no matter what happens, the only thing that you really, really, truly need is your own self-acceptance. Mm, yeah. So there's a lot of things I could, t- I could tell myself, but that's probably <laughs> the one. Wow, yeah, self-acceptance is a huge thing, really. And I, I can totally resonate with that, too, in my own personal life, that uh, I think if you would have just accepted yourself just how you are, um, I think then I wouldn't have, you know, fighted a battle inside of myself so many times um, by kind of holding myself back, not really speaking my truth, not speaking my thoughts out loud because, yeah, I think actually that we all on a certain level, um, it's important for us what other people think of us, of course. Um, but then it also comes down to, you know, we want to be loved, be accepted and be appreciated. Um, so um, let's go maybe to the coronavirus, um, which is also a really huge topic in a way at the moment. Um, so how did you actually deal with the whole pandemic thing in yeah, how could you actually stay in your power during these times? I think it was challenging for all of us, really. Um, so, yeah, I would be happy to just hear your thoughts about this. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I can honestly say that if I hadn't spent the last eight years of my life really cultivating the tools and the skills and the emotional agility and the spiritual agility that I that I have now this time for me would have been a nightmare and a shit show because it, it's it, it, it's hard for me I mean even with all of the tools all of the experience all of the well-established practices that I have like meditation which I've been doing um for the last five years pretty uh pretty intensely I you know, I think that oftentimes when these things happen, we have a choice and the choice is to stay the same and 
knowing that you're going to get the same outcome or pivot and create a new outcome. And so, you know, when all of this happened, it was a, it was a deep realization for me that I had already been through my dark night of the soul with my chronic illness, that this, this particular kind of global dark night of the soul wasn't so hard for me because it was like familiar territory. And I would, you know, it's, it doesn't, just because you maybe haven't cultivated the same tools or same practices or had the same experience, or, you know, you may have no spiritual practice at all right now, but it doesn't mean that you can't pivot the way that I did when I was in my chronic illness or my darkness. So I had a choice then I had a choice to either further solidify my disempowerment and my victimhood or shift myself out of it and choose something different and use my mind to create the reality and the result and the future and the present that I wanted to experience versus being confined by this limited reality that is being created, you know, for us. What, what should we believe when we watch the news or hear a podcast or the radio or, you know, whatever versus like, what do I actually feel? What, what questions do I need to ask myself right now? Um, and so, you know, you asked, how have I stayed empowered during this time? It's knowing that this whole idea of security is an illusion that we all have bought into. And I know that because I lived it. I lived, you know, trying to control my environment, you know, being really healthy, eating all the right things. And my health still went up in flames, right? So anything can happen at any point in time. And I think it's important for us to embrace that instead of fight it and avoid it and deny it. And the more that you can just accept that it's happening for the best, you know, for your benefit, and it's not happening to destroy you and destroy your life and destroy your well-being. And it takes time to get to that point. It certainly took me time to get to that point with my dark night of the soul but you have a choice. And I think that's the key with empowerment is, am I going to solidify these disempowering beliefs? Because this is, I think this experience, this, this global um, shift is really an opportunity for all of us to decide, is this really the life that I wanna live? Where am I putting my most important resources? Time, which is to me, probably the most important resource because you can't get any time back, right? In, in, in my book, time is way more important than money um, because you can always make more money, but you can't make up the time. So really thinking about where, where you're putting your assets and your resources like time and money and energy and, you know, plugging up any drainage, right? So if you're giving energy to something that you don't really love or you don't want that it's not benefiting you or it's, it's destructive for you, whether that's a relationship or a job or an attitude or an environment, then you have a choice now. And the universe is granting you this opportunity to change your life. And, you know, many people are losing jobs or their circumstances are changing. And while I obviously don't, um, you know, think that this is, that that's great. I also think it's a chance to, reevaluate where you're at and what you really want. And those of us who decide to be creators rather than survivors and victims, 
are going to come through this very different than those who decide to, you know, remain in this survival victim mindset because everything is a choice. Um, this is something that I've been studying and learning in this whole mind-body healing container. People like Bruce Lipton and Joe Dispenza who have really helped to pave the way in uh, understanding that your mind creates your reality, your thoughts, your beliefs, they create your reality. So if you wake up every day and you're afraid, um, that's going to change your physical reality. And so for me, in a very roundabout way, my, my point is that being very intentional about your choices every day right now. You know, who are you spending time with? Where are you putting your time and resources? And making yourself priority. You know, if you weren't doing that before, do it now, right? Because you have this opportunity to have more solitude, more downtime, more rest time. A lot of my clients are shifting their careers, even if they haven't been laid off. Um, they're, they're now shifting and pivoting into a more fulfilling career or they're starting their business that they've been wanting to start for a really long time, or um, they're looking for creative ways to change their life versus staying in a, in a life that never actually felt that good for them to begin with. And that's why they're seeing me because they're unwell. And that unwellness is a symptom of other things going on in their life, whether it's relational or job or whatever. So staying empowered is really about no, what we talked about earlier, which is self-responsibility, right? You own yourself. Nobody can take that away from you. You own yourself. So every choice and thought and belief that you make, choose an empowering one. And you're not always going to be on that straight shot every day, all the time, 24-7. I am certainly not. But I have kind of shifted my frequency and vibration and programming so that those moments where I don't feel like that are way less than the, the moments when I do. And when I fall off that mindset or I, you know, get a bit derailed or whatever, it doesn't take me very long to get back to my or come back to myself because it's like over the years I've left these breadcrumbs out that I can always find my way back to center. And, um, and I do that by exactly what I said being very conscious of the choices I make, um, being very conscious of where my resources are going, and just making sure that every single day I'm keeping certain commitments to myself, including, you know, something as simple as I'm going to do my morning routine and my morning ritual no matter what, or I'm going to make sure that I go outside and get sunshine 30 minutes every day, or I'm going to make sure that I make this really nourishing meal that is going to make me feel really safe and healthy and happy. Um, these very small things over time add up and create a big impact. Uh, we just tend to, when we get off the train or we fall off the wagon, everything comes undone. We stop eating healthy, we stop caring for ourselves. We consume, consume, consume because there's so much fear rather than tune in, right? We, we consume externally rather than tune in internally. So if you want to remain in a centered, empowered place, you've got to kind of shut the noise off outside and spend more time inside because that's really where all of the guidance and the wisdom and the insight and the love and the support lives. It doesn't live outside of you. It lives inside of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I think, yeah, it's always our choices. Um, and 
yeah, I think the, the whole um, time now we can spend on our own, um, it really, it is an opportunity and it can be really an empowering one. And I definitely agree with that. And um, I think I could talk with you longer about um, more topics and um, yeah, I slowly come to an end now though. Um, so I have some questions at the end. I always ask my uh, interview guests. So um, what is a book that really changed your life? Oh gosh, there's so many books. For me. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one for everyone. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm looking at my bookcase, just thinking about all the books that I like. You know, they've been like old friends and teachers to me, and it's hard to choose one. <laughs> um, well, I can say that "Own Yourself," which is a book by Dr. Kelly Brogan, who is a holistic psychiatrist. Um, a lot of the concept in that concepts in that book, I kind of, you know, I knew before she wrote it, but when she wrote it, the way she wrote it, the articulation, the amount of um, evidence and, and support that she provided, it, it's a really incredible book about mind-body healing, about moving away from the socially accepted medical paradigm um, and being your own healer. So that, that definitely, her work is some of my favorite work um, and breaking the habit of being yourself by Joe Dispenza was also a very transformative book for me. And these are, you know, I like these books because they're not just physical or, you know, uh, health or medical related. They're very spiritual. They're very emotional. They incorporate a lot of different pieces. And those are two books that I recommend to a lot of my clients. Mm -hmm. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Joe Dispenza's work is great. Um, so, um, imagine, um, I would give you a microphone and this microphone is connected to every radio station on earth and to every, um, TV show and everyone can also understand you. Everyone can speak English. <laughs> um, and now you have one minute, um, to tell the world what's really on your heart. Um, yeah. What would you say? Wow. So everybody can understand me and I've got yeah. one minute. Yeah, <laughs> you got one minute. <laughs> mm. That's a very difficult and good question to ask. <laughs> so I think for me, what I would be saying is there is no greater experience in your life there is no greater sense of happiness or health um, than taking the path to self-discovery and truth. And no matter what happens, if you stay aligned with your truth, you will never, ever, ever be steered in the wrong direction. Mm. Oh, how beautiful. Um, yeah, Alexis, how can people find you? Yeah, so um, I am over at Mana Wellness, M-A-N-A. -N -A. 
um, on social media. You can look me up on Facebook or Instagram. Most of my content goes to Instagram. That's usually where I hang out. Um, I do a lot of free trainings and things in there. And then you can also find me at my website, which is monowellnesshealing.com. Um, and there's a ton of information about what I do and about my different offerings. And uh, you can learn a lot about my journey and what, what we kind of talked about here today. So, Cool. Perfect. I will put it in the show notes. Thank you so, so much. Um, yeah, do you have any projects in the next months? Yeah, so I'm actually in the process of opening up an online school for women, um, which will be, you know, heavily focused on all of these topics around chronic illness, uh, hormonal health, digestive health, mental health, which is very near and dear to my heart. Um, and there will be a whole bunch, eventually there will be a whole bunch of passive self-study courses that you can that you know any woman can take within this school and really learn about all of the different ways that i support women and all the ways they can support themselves whether it's uh, mentally emotionally spiritually or physically so that will be hopefully launching in the next uh, four to eight weeks for people to jump in and join in oh perfect cool so yeah i will also put it in the show notes um yeah dear alexis thank you so much for sharing your story first of all here for being like so honest with us and yeah just um sharing so many important topics with us as well and um yeah just thank you so much for your being and taking your time today oh you're so welcome renata thank you for having me it was a pleasure yeah no worries bye bye alexis <laughs>